<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Today on the Everything Culture Podcast, we got two special guests. First, I want to introduce Miss Wanda Williams. Hello. Hey, Miss hey, Wanda. Wanda. <laughs> Second, I want to introduce uh, the Reverend, the Doctor, <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Larry to the show. Everybody give it up for both our guests. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. So, 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 so uh, as always, how was y'all's week? It was a great week. Fantastic. Very good, good. How about you? Honeybee, how was your week? My week was really great. Uh, we went to two events, the Everything Culture Crew. Uh, me and Brandon hit up one of the truck casts on Tuesday, and then the whole crew hit up Thursday. So oh, yeah. um, shout out to all the podcasts. Uh, Mr. D713 can lace us up with all their names. Oh, yeah. It was with the truck cast on Tuesday. We had that at the... Well, it was a Christian tailgate. Mm-hmm. I went to that right when we had an orientation after, and that was at Rubbery on Richmond. Then on Thursday, we met up at the Cajun, well, no, Sugars Cajun Company yeah. mm-hmm. right in Missouri City. That was a beautiful Shout setup. Shout out to Sugars. Yes, great food, great drinks. And we had the social complex that hosted that. They had that first live show. We greatly enjoyed that, man. We appreciate the invite. Especially with Peabody as well as um forget the and Marcus. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah. yeah. So man, it was it was really nice, man. We enjoyed coming out there, especially fellowship fellowshipping with our fellow podcasters here in the Greater Houston area. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah, as for me, I mean, I had a pretty interesting week. Next week is really going to be my big week. <laughs> I got, um, I'm building a model home. I'm starting up a new neighborhood, and I got okay. to build a model home in like 30 days. Mm-hmm. But the kicker is I can go over 30 days, but my vacation starts like on day 32, 33. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to mess up my vacation. Yeah. <laughs> trying to push it a so I, I really got, you know, <laughs> some incentive to get it done. Completely. It done quick, yeah. That's okay. a good, good pressure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, real good pressure. I already paid for my tickets and my, my trip and everything. Oh, you so, going? Yeah, you I'm going. For it. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty interesting with us right now. It's for our friends, some of our friends know, some of the family know, but many people don't know that the wife and I we are moving to Seattle, Washington. So we are like packing everything up, about to sell the house. We find a place to stay. So it's about to be a transition. But all our listeners, don't fret. We're still keeping the show going, baby. Everything culture, we're just expanding. This is what God wanted us to do. So all in all, if y'all have any questions and ideas or suggestions, especially if you live in Seattle, man, let us know. But by the time y'all listen to this, it's probably right when I'm getting ready to head on out. I may be gone by then, but... All in all, man, it's it's exciting. It's a lot. It's like every time I look up, it's something different to do. Because I'm still working right now, too. So between work, letting all my coworkers, friends, family, volunteers know, it's like breaking up with a bunch of people. Oh, Yeah, it's hard. But you ain't breaking up with us. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. But, you know, you still got to let them know. It's not, it's not like a break. It's like, I, it's like I'm gone, but I'm still here. Yeah. We're going to miss having you live in studio. Oh, man. Every week recording and stuff. I, I come back every nine. Then you know, don't fret <laughs> about that. Like, once again, we're still going to be doing our thing in Seattle. We're, just, it's, we're going to be meeting new people. And it's going to be a different culture. Right. Like it's, it's, it's not going to be Texas, you know. I'm Texas, born and raised, baby. So it's going to, I just hear the barbecue probably ain't hitting. No, <laughs> now, now, don't judge. Yeah. Don't judge. You never know. Go out there, try a couple places, and then let us know. I'm going to try. Okay. But I, we already know. It's yeah. Not- <laughs> no, come on now. I, we went up there. Yeah, we, we visited for a little bit, and I ordered some Cajun food. <laughs> Wrong idea. So it's like I got the crab legs. Crab legs were hitting, but it, I got sausage corn and I had like crab macaroni. So when you think of crab macaroni, what do you all think of? Uh, macaroni, macaroni with, with a little crab, crab on top. Yeah, like yeah, crab, crab with crab. The, yeah, yeah, love crab. Mm, yeah. They just had a fried crab. Bam, right in the middle. Oh mm. wow! Yeah. So <laughs> like you had to pull the crab meat out yourself. Yep. yep. Nah, man. Yeah, I, I want to eat. I don't want to have to work for it, for it yeah, on so the macaroni. I, so I like. I don't like that. So mm-hmm. I say, you know what? But let me see. The crab legs once again was hidden, but the corn, the potato, and the sausage. You know what? The it was no flavor. Maybe and you just went to the wrong spot, man. We we gotta say it, you went to the wrong spot, and it's gonna get better after you move. It was right. rated four four point eight stars. Oh my goodness! See, and your taste fun. is just a little different because apparently everybody up there was satisfied, just That's not true. you. They, they don't like know, the crab they don't, in the middle, but they don't know what it is though. That's <laughs> the point. They don't know what true Cajun food is, right. and that's how they may not know. Hmm, what true might be a Texas business barbecue. opportunity up oh, there. I was thinking. Please believe it, baby. But when I got <laughs> to the um, sausage, it was a hot dog. Oh, now, now I'm disappointed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a, not a wiener. I like, y'all can't be playing with me, man. This is a joke, right? Where the camera's at? So, Mr. D713 might lose a couple, uh, some pounds. Oh, yeah, heavily. I already said I'm going to be in my prime form by the time y'all see me again. Wow. Okay. All right, well, that's interesting. We're excited to see, you know, your adventures of Seattle. <laughs> Appreciate see, it. See what happens with that. All right, Miss Honeybee, you got a current cultural topic for the week? I do. Um, so, 
there has been a lot of talk about a recent um, mishap in a, in a marriage. And so there was a director that was caught kissing, um, what's that, Nicole Murphy. Okay. And so that's been kind of hitting the news wave lately in regards to her, I guess, losing herself or letting herself go. Um, and that was maybe some of the issue of why her husband um, was cheating. And so I, we went to a podcast, a live podcast show on Thursday, and they talked about it. Shout and then our girls from the Lemonade uh, podcast, they also talked about it. And so we have a couple of mature um, adults here in the room, and I think it'll be worthwhile kind of mm. getting your opinion about the current culture topic, um, being that you guys are from a, a different generation. So I'll let you guys start on giving us your opinion in regards to a man cheating because possibly his wife let herself go, which I don't think is the case. But So I'll, I'll start with you, uh, Miss Wanda. Tell us how it is. Oh, you started with me. I thought you were going to start with Larry, get the man's point of view, but I'll <laughs> give it to me. Is she currently married now? I wouldn't wear that. Uh, no, she's not. She and was. So I think she was engaged to Michael Strahan. Right, but you're also talking about her other husband, uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, And but, why he cheated. But no, I don't, what? no, 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 well, we're not the talking about the, the male cheated. Called, the yeah. guy, the male she was kissing was cheating. Right, he's married wife. and she was kissing, but I thought she right. said something about maybe people alluded to that's why her husband cheated in the past. No. Oh, okay then. Well, let's see. She's single, he's married, he knows he's married. Um, she knows it. I think she's friends with the woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, goodness. They're supposed to be family friends. Oh. I think her name was uh, Layla. She was she was um, in boomerang. She, right. Yeah. Yes. Well, obviously, she I don't I don't believe any type of cheating inside the marriage is uh, right for any reason. That's just a woman's point of view on it. Um, but I also do understand when you're a celebrity like that, you always have to be kind of on guard. I think to see who's watching you, what things are. And as I understand, she's a mother of at least five. I know she has at least three. Uh, yes, and I'm a, or two if yeah. Yeah, I'm a strong uh, person to believe in. We have to set examples for our children, oh, even though we are celebrities or not, that we need to watch what we do. Um, and I just don't know what was going on with it. I saw it briefly online, and I really didn't form an opinion about it. I just asked myself the question: Well, is he and his wife separated right now, or what's the relationship and the dynamics on that? But again, no, I, I don't think that they are correct. together. Um, apparently, he was out there. He's a director, so he was out there doing something in Italy in regards to his profession. Mm-hmm. And um, what the story or the allegations were is that they were at a poolside, him and Nicole. Mm-hmm. And once they realized that no one had recognized who they were, then they got a little comfortable. Real so comfortable, that was one right. of the witnesses' statement. Got comfortable, and the next thing you know, they were uh, kissing, mm-hmm. and you know. So it seems like something was going on long before this trip. Hmm. And especially if you're best friends, that happens a lot. I'm gonna let Uncle Larry say what he got to say. Yeah, what, what you got to say? Well, I've recently been involved in illegal situations between hmm. people we know with the uh, background of law. Obviously, uh, you look at a possible divorce Hmm. or a possible uh, uh, forgiveness. And I know nowadays people with the social media as it is, it's very hard to do because once things are publicized, Mm -hmm. it's hard to get it back in. Mm -hmm. But uh, just as a witness, I do know situations where that has occurred even when a child came from that relationship. Mm -hmm. Those people stay together. I know that's unheard of today. It can be done. 
But if you're really in a situation like that, it may be best that you seek professional counselors, perhaps people that don't know you that may not uh, want to give prejudgment ahead of time. It can be done. But I also know people that did split up. And as a result, uh, they still survive. So good counseling is my advice to get on that professional level. Oh, thank you, Uncle Larry. Right now. I like that. Yeah. How about you, Mr. D713? How you feel? My thing is, it's all speculation. <laughs> no, there was pictures. The devil's advocate. But the thing about it is the speculation of what's happening. Like we were saying, I don't, I don't know their situations. Yeah. Hollywood is totally different from my day-to-day life. Exactly. And I, I, I've said it before on the show, I've said it in my life that I don't know their relationship. They can have something set up between the relation, um, them, you know, between the marriage, because that's a friend. But if it's not, I agree with Uncle Larry. It's one way or another. How do you all want to sell it? Okay. Because, but it's no excuse for her gaining weight. That's why I think we're looking at like, is an excuse to cheat on your significant other for weight gain or weight loss or no? It's not. Right. But it's it's communication, respect, consistency. I said it all the time. You know, what's up? But did he communicate something to his wife? Did he communicate with his girl? But I hear Nicole Murphy has a routine of sleeping with married men and people point finger to her for her. She's the blame and the man's the blame. Why do somebody have to be the blame? What's going to be the solution? Right, yeah. and that's what I think Uncle Larry's going for. Which yeah. way we're going to do? There are no winners. Yeah, there I are just, no winners in the. And I mind my business out their situation. It's just like I hope the kids are going to be okay. Hopefully, no one's going to suffer from that. Social media has once again made it a way where everybody have a point to put their get their two cents into it. Right, and like when I'm somebody over there judging, you got to focus on your own thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a good point. So, what about you? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to side with Uncle Larry on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, well, I kind of, I have, a, I feel the same way, but my thing is, and that's just my personality. I'm just direct. I'm like, if you feel like you need to cheat on somebody, just let them know ahead mm-hmm. of time, and just deal, ready, be ready to deal with the consequences. Yeah. But don't have nobody out there looking stupid, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and wasting somebody's time. You just need to be upfront with people. I think they'll be angry at first, but they can respect you for being mm-hmm. upfront with them and letting them know and not doing something behind their back. Especially now, like you said, social media. Oh yeah. yeah. They can make memes out of you now. Right. Because now everybody's talking about it. So Yeah, Yeah, that just made it worse. Right. It's like when your family going, you tell everybody in your family, now your family got to, if you forgive that person, your family may not forgive that person. Yeah. Yeah. You got to commit to it, man. You're going to do it, just do it. Right. (laughs) So, um, I guess Honeybee's take on it is just simply, there is no excuse for cheating Mm -hmm. either way. Um, I think that what Uncle Larry hit on was that public, um, you know, Opinion. I guess opinion has now weighed in, and right. it's so much more pressure probably Correct. on uh, what's her name, Leela, Layla, um, to actually say something, do something, exactly. because now her husband is cheating on her, and everybody's saying weight gain, weight, whatever the case may be. There's, you know, also allegedly she has a um, a disease. Lupus that has caused her to gain. Who cares what the what it is? There's skinny girls getting cheated on. There's right. girls every day who looks like you know supermodels. There's ones that don't. There it's just and it's men getting cheated on too. So let me not say that it's just all on the men. Right. It's a relationship. It's a husband and a wife. Um, you know, and I think that it's just a lack of maturity of choosing the person that you're with. Every time you have a choice, every time you have a uh, a choice to make, you have to put that person into consideration. And so I don't. 
condone anything. Husbands gain weight. Husbands lose hair. Husbands' breath starts stinking every day. I don't know what the, you know, who cares what it is? But I just think that we have to respect the marriage. And again, what Gary said, please put it out there. And Communicate. Stay, and stay away from the gossip, y'all. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing about it. Because yeah. it... Well, somebody had a song about that. All those rumors. I cannot yeah. think. Club Nouveau. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm a bitch. Like, I love <laughs> old music. Yeah, the man. same people have seen New Shoes. I think. I stop. I digress. But yeah, just stay away. Like it's. Mm-mm. Yeah. So that wraps up the uh, current culture topic, and we'll uh, lead straight into Mr. D713 making of you section. All right. Okay. You know, I love it. I love it. And I have. Two of my, I would say, elders that I've known in my life that's made a big impact on what I've done here in the greater Houston area. Um, A support system is something awesome that I believe everyone should have. So right now, I would like to go into the makers of you. So hello, Uncle Larry and Miss Wanda. And I'm a- Hello. I must have Miss Wanda lead, but then follow up Uncle Larry with your answer, your response as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself, starting with Miss Wanda. Well, my name is Wanda Williams. Uh, most people know me um, as a country girl because I grew up in Flatonia, Texas, well, at least until I was 10 years old, and came here to the big city, but I still consider myself a country girl. Um, now, where part of Flatonia is that from in Texas? Um, Flatonia is, um, excuse me, it's West Texas. Okay. It's about uh, halfway between here and San Antonio, Texas. All right, all right. Most people know when they go by through there and they'll see grumpies on one side, gas station on the other side, and they stop to fuel up halfway there. Oh, okay. And it's a real small little town. Uh, when we got a stoplight, I ran it the first time because I'm just not used to stoplight being through <laughs> there. That's just how small it is. Wow. Yeah, but um, I, I've benefited from both country living and city living. I probably wouldn't change any of it. Um, I was raised by my grandmother when she passed away when I was about seven. My uh, great-grandmother took over. And I always tell people that I think God puts people in your life sometimes long before you will ever need them to help you out later in life. And that's my experience with especially my great-grandmother, a little old lady that taught me. The very first lesson she taught me that was the one that's uh, benefited me the most is the love and service to God. We were in church every single Sunday, all day, and she never stepped a foot in church herself. But she sent her great-grandchildren when we were living, when she was living with us, and um, her tithes. Mm -hmm. Now, when she was a younger woman, she probably went to church all the time, but she sent us. And as people get older, but when we got home, it was good food waiting on us so we could get back and go back to BYPU. Okay. I uh, started living. So what's BYPU? BYPU was the Young Baptist, something like that. That's kind of like training. It was like uh, Sunday school, (laughs) but in the evening. Okay. Okay. And we went. That's why we people said we went all day because we did. You got home when it was dark. All right. And she sent us, and it trained us uh, to service to God and to love Him in His Word. And because of that, that's the way I raised my child, exactly the way my great-granny raised us, you know, being respectful to elders, training children up, and keeping them in church. I think we've gotten away from a lot of that, so that's what I do. Um, I started living with my uh, father when I was um, about uh, 10 years old. He was married. Uh, and I was going to ask, was that your maternal grandmother? Your that's maternal my grandma? father's um Grandmother, because okay. mm-hmm, I was going to get to that. I didn't meet my mother till I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. And started staying with her when I was about 15. 
uh, and we didn't know at the time, but my dad would keep her away from us. I remember when she would even try to come visit sometime for the holidays and things like that in the town, and people always say, I just can't believe that, but my dad would call ahead from here and have the sheriffs just to escort her out of town and that sort of thing, so we never would get to see her. Um, we didn't know, uh, we were kids, we didn't know all that, what was going on, but I just know that I didn't even meet her until I was 12. When he was married to my stepmom, and they, he, they would allow us to go see her, then, then three years later, I started staying with her. But again, by the time these people had gotten us, we were self-sufficient, and my great-granny taught us everything I pretty much needed in life to, to move forward. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank, thank you, thank Good you. Good story. Mm -hmm. Uncle Larry. Uh, hello. Uh, I was born in Sulphur, Louisiana, close to the towns of Lake Charles, and some people might know Alexandra, Louisiana, mm -hmm. and Boyce, B-O-Y-C-E, Boyce, Louisiana, and that circle. Shortly, uh, a few years uh, later, I came to Houston, Texas, and we resided in Studywood, uh, the north side, people call it. <laughs> I attended Booker T. Washington, the Great Eagles, a baseball pitcher, tennis player, had good experience at Texas Southern University as a left-handed pitcher. A couple okay. of degrees from Texas Southern University and taught there for 14 years. Mm. Uh, now I uh, was fortunate to have two parents, a very strong father and mother. My father took me to the ship channel as a young teenager with my two brothers and we learned how to load ships. 100 pound sacks. I knew that was not my career. <laughs> so my dad paid my first tuition to Texas Southern University and that has been a great blessing. There I met uh, people at Wheeler Avenue, uh, Dr. Lawson, and I began to work there in the education department, electronics for years, and that has been a great blessing for me. So now I'm looking toward global education. I've had the opportunity to travel all over the world. Recent trip, Dubai and Egypt, just got back a few weeks ago. And that's where we try to build our legacy and try to give a direction for cultural advances and a good curriculum for our kids in education. We sure want to touch on that. Mm -hmm. That's great. And Wanda, do you have any siblings? I do. I have... Uh, with my mother and father, there are five of us, four um, girls uh, and one boy. I'm the second to the oldest. Most people always thought I was the oldest, and a lot of them thought I was my mother's only child because I've spent so much time with her in her later years when she was ill. Uh, I have two sisters that live right back in Flatonia, Texas. Mm. My brother's <laughs> up, near Saturn, up near Austin in Georgetown, and I have a sister that lives here in Katy. She's the baby, and because... Um, we were raised by grandmother and great-grandmother we were always considered the three oldest were like the older ones and we called the two little ones the, li the little ones and we were like uh, their parents they mm. listened to us because back in the day the old people left you home to tend to each other you know while they did things and so it was funny when i started saying my mother at 15 she would try to tell the younger ones things to do but if it was something we had told them not to do they wouldn't do it because mm. for so many years they were so used to listening to us and we'd be in there and the same with my dad when we started staying with him and my stepmom they were so busy you know used to listening to us direct them and tell them what to do that they would even tell them something well Wanda told me not to do that or my older sister's name Domplin but her real name's Gloria they would say well Domplin told us to do that you know and so they did it so it was, it was a, some type of adjustment and we were just grateful though that with five great grandchildren 
somebody was able to raise us and we were all able to stay together. That's something that I push for with child advocates and I know it's because of what I went through. Um, I have a sibling group now that everyone told me they've got to be separated, but I push for that. But I'm also willing to, you know, give a little bit and do what's best for them. If children need to be separated, I understand that. But I do push really hard for children to stay together because it was easy for us to stay together, and I saw right. that. Okay. And we'll go into detail later on about what child advocacy is and mm-hmm. being given back in the community. And Uncle Larry, are you the oldest or the youngest out of your brother? I'm the third in between the second set of children. Okay. Mm-hmm. You understand that? Well, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. They explain four. it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was uh, three out of the first four. And uh, uh, my sister Catherine, my brother Herman, my brother MacArthur Pickens, and Larry. So I was the third there. And then... Uh, 10 year span different, four more came. Okay. Okay, so that was Gary, Jeffrey, Doris, and Luke. Mm. And so we're all doing well today, but unfortunately, I lost one brother at 13, Marvin, and that was quite an experience there. Mm. So there were a total of seven boys at one time. Mm. And with my father and mother's direction, we were safe. Uh, but we were taught at a young age to be careful and look out for each other. Wow, it's yeah, it's crazy that you that. don't. It's crazy you don't really see that anymore. Like I remember, like in y'all's generation, everybody had at least six kids. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. six kids. I was like the minimum. Now you know, you see somebody with that many kids, they ain't taking care of. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but, that is true. My yeah. parents are. Uh, my mom is one of nine, and my dad is one of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my mom was one of six, and my dad thing is one of four. And I, I don't know, we can talk about that in the general. And I gotta ask y'all, I, I know it's rude to ask a woman your age. Oh no, I love y'all. Would, my, would, y'all mind, would y'all mind telling us your age? Yourself? I'm the double nickel, 55. I will <laughs> what, be 56 what? in January. I love to tell people my age because to me it is a blessing. Yes. I um, just lost about four cousins and in the span of maybe a week and a half. Ooh. I was at one funeral, found out another cousin had passed. Wow. And two days before that, I buried another cousin at Brentwood. Um, most of them was up in their 70s. And then another cousin attended the funeral of my uncle on that Thursday when we found out about the other cousin dying that morning. Turns out she just died Tuesday. Wow. So Sorry. people are leaving here. God is blessing us. I had two really bad wrecks last year that should have taken me out. But through the grace of God. So I tell people all the time, it may be rude. I don't care how old I get and look. I will always tell people how many years I have been blessed to be on this earth. Because that's all it is, just a blessing. I should have been gone a long time ago if you really know my history. Hey, Miss Wanda, you look good. You look good for 55. Thank you. Like, don't crack. Have a lot of wisdom as well. (laughs) It comes to my mother and my grandmother's on their side. They were, my grandmother got, on my mother's side, got married when she was 63. That was her third marriage. Mm. Yep, so we, we, we hold into it. Now I'm curious to understand, Uncle Larry, how old are you? <laughs> I'm currently 69, but in a few days, August the 7th, I'll make seven zeros. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Well, happy birthday. Praise happy God. birthday on everything, culture. You know, um, shout out to all the Leos once again. <laughs> it's Leo season. Uh, yeah, I'll be, um, yeah, mine coming up as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, happy birthday, Uncle. Um, yeah, where, where I was going with that though is my uh, my parents. My mom has it's six of them, and on my dad's side, it's five of them. Mm-hmm. And I want four kids. My wife was like, "No, she wanted to cut it off." 
You know, <laughs> she doesn't want no more kids, and that, I think that's the difference between our generation now. It's like everybody's worried about like the price and the expense stuff like that. Well, yeah. I honestly believe that the reason why they had a lot of kids was because the woman was a homemaker. She stayed yeah. at home. I mm-hmm. see it very difficult nowadays that women are in the workforce, yeah. and it's. Uh, career limiting in some mm-hmm. instances or the perception is that it's career limiting and it's just tiresome if you go and work from 8 to 5 you gotta come home and deal with 5, 6 kids oh I think it's just an adjustment sorry yeah sorry that's just my I wanna say just make sure ethnicity are y'all um, African American or y'all what, are you, what ethnicity do you identify with I identify with African American but a lot of us have um, other things in us. I know my dad's father was a uh, Hispanic, Casina Williams. His mother was, you know, was full um, Hispanic, Mexican. She was Mexican. Um, and a lot of times when people look at my dad, they'll, they'll say that as he's gotten older, uh, even though his brothers uh, didn't look that way. And my great-grandmother that raised me, her grandmother was uh, Indian. And you could see some of that into, um, into them. So I think a lot of us have different cultures uh, within us. Do you know a tribe? Uh, uh, I forget what she told us. Uh, I, I forget what it was. It was something chalk uh, Indian. But she said her grandmother was. Because I remember being out in cotton fields mm-hmm. with these people picking cotton. And we were little kids sitting down, little toddlers. The cotton was so high above us, we couldn't see anybody. And she told us at that particular time that her grandmother was still living. Mm-hmm. But we didn't see her. You know, we didn't know her. didn't remember. And Uncle Larry? Uh, yes, I identify as uh, African-American. Uh, but as you know, we are mixed with quite a bit. Uh, if you look two generations back, look like Jewish, Rosenthal's. Mm-hmm. And so there's a mixture there. That's why we need a diversified culture even Amen. today. That's why we do everything, everything. culture. Yeah. Let me get in on that. Since mm-hmm. Uncle Larry remembered that, mm-hmm. I forgot we have another connection. Mm-hmm. His name, when he said Rosenthal, yeah. and when he kept saying he was from Alexandria and all mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. my daughter's grandmother, her father's mother, mm-hmm. was from Alexandria. Her dad <laughs> was from, I forget where he was, and when they were in Willow Avenue, yeah. she would always say, that's my cousin Larry, exactly. because they're made that. they were Rosenthal's. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I'm laughing all about over here. That. I have laughed over here all our viewers that's on youtube will be able to see us but you gj knows this my aunts do this all the time especially my aunt dd we call it like the older generation that my grandparents and my aunts you know from the 1950s and my grandparents born in 1918s you say your last name they go find out how you're related one way or another no matter what they go find a way to make a relationship so larry's related to my dad i forgot about that i love that so much about the culture that i have especially from texas and me being from east texas like i don't know if other cultures all around does the same do the same thing but um, like my when I when I help um, guest on the, not guest but when I host on the show, AJ, his last name is same thing as my mother's maiden name, and I told him when I first met him when he come around my aunt, I like, hey, don't say your last name, do not say your last name. He came in, said his last name, I just walked away. That was like a forty five minutes conversation. Right. <laughs> well, that's how it is from where my parents' hometown, Arkansas. The first question they said, who your people? Yeah. Who your, who your, who your yeah. people? Right. Just yeah. a, a, question of our culture because you always have some connection and believe it or not that's how my sister realized that a guy that was in town and uh we went to arkansas one day Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. sister met this guy in town and 
she came back and she t- said his name. They're like, no, 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 that's mm-hmm. that's your third that's cousin. But it's right. real. I, I, no. I worry about that stuff like that. Some people <laughs> I, might not I care. worry about it all the time. I mean, I actually have cousins that are married, but I think they're fourth cousins, mm-hmm. and so they didn't realize they were cousins, but they had already. When, and this one we could the talk about too. Oh, we gonna like, talk about the that another day. Yeah, because that's a good question. But they got married. They had no kids, but they were in love, and I think they've been married for like forty something years. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. yes. And I know we keep going on amazing yeah. with you right now, but man, thank you all so much for sharing. Oh no, you. we got to talk about the food. I got. I oh, we go get to the food. Okay, yeah, you got to ask them to make the food. It's my pleasure. You yeah, know, I love really that. quickly though. So okay, so I would usually ask, what what's your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday is. It's Easter for a lot of different reasons. People always think it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, and I tell them, well, Christmas is great, but a lot of people were born around Christmas, but only one man rose. Mm-hmm. And because he did, the rest of us live. And Easter has always been just like that, more than the dressing up with the dresses and putting them little uh, platinum leather shoes on the kids and people in their little shorts. It's always been more than that. Like I say, my great-granny, just really instilled in me um, that religious background. And I love Christmas, I love Thanksgiving because I love to eat. But Easter has always been that really just special um, holiday for me because of that. And people say, well then why don't you go to church on Easter? I say, because I, I used to, especially when my daughter was young, I had to set that example. But then I got tired of the, the pageants. You know, people just going for that reason, mm-hmm. people that you'll never see again in church crowd me out on my Thing, this and, that. and I keep also well, God knows you, and then He does. So I'm gonna stay at home and honor that day, and I'm gonna let somebody else have my seat. Now, yeah, of course, I will go, uh, you know, sometimes when I go uh, to Palestine to visit with my daughter, and her husband's a pastor of a church up there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a smaller church. We go, and it is filled in because everybody's coming out, but it's mm-hmm. room. But uh, I've gotten back in the latter years because of that, because you know, people have just changed it to what it shouldn't be. Right. Okay. So, Uncle Larry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, well, my both of my grandparents' fathers were pastors in Louisiana, and of course I'm a uh, ordained minister at Wheeler Avenue, which I'm very proud of. So Easter, not because Wanda said it, oh, is my favorite, right. because it represents the plan of salvation, which now. in my opinion is the most the most important thing in life. Exactly. And the longer I live, the more mm-hmm. I see it. Yes, my Lord. return trip from Egypt just last two weeks ago, to walk those same mm-hmm. streets and to see it in real life, yes. it is real. And if I had anything to do with any success, I said that's because God has been in our life for many, many years. Amen. It makes Amen. a difference. It makes right. a difference. Now we're getting on the food. So where was mm-hmm. your favorite food growing up and what's your favorite food now? Uh, with me, um, I just love so many ooh, different foods. You stuck I, on the island. What's your favorite food? Uh, what's, right. That's what I'm saying. I always break it down. That last meal. And I put them together. It's probably Mexican food and Italian food. And when I called my granddad, it was Mexican. People say, well, girl, what about soul food? Because you grew up on that. That's I, could eat that. I could eat that for breakfast, too. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mexican food and Italian it incorporates a lot of the... Cheesiness oh, and so you things coming, cheese so, yeah, cheesiness no, so, and, and things coming together. What's your favorite dish? Oh my goodness! You if you can have one dish right Ooh. now, somebody can come in here and make you something. What would it be? What and was who, your request? And, and who would make it? Some lasagna. All right. With a taco sitting on top. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. And I'm probably gonna say either Martha Stewart or Paula Dean. 
Because I know they're going to... Wait, are they seasoning Paula Dean may going to be calling me something wrong, but she going to put a lot of that love into that. Okay, well, I don't and Martha, hanging with Snoop, mm-hmm. she going to put a lot of that with Snoop <laughs> up in there, too. All right, Because I can do tacos anytime, all the time. You sound like me. That's why I look like a burrito. So, <laughs> Uncle Larry. Well, it has to be gumbo. Gumbo. And it has to have that sausage in it. Along the seafood. And that, that's what I like. If you throw a little corn in there too and crawfish, you're, you're not bad. Right. Okay, okay. okay. Cool. Flavor. And anybody you could have anybody prepare for you, who would you want it, who would you want it to be? Well, my wife makes a very All good right. job. Right. 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 Yeah. Shout out to the wife. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Shout out to great answer. Great <laughs> answer. Okay, okay. So, I, and I love how we were going into the topic we were speaking about earlier about child rearing. or We're well, not child rearing, raising children, I guess. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. But it, it was something that, and I, I know we were talking about maybe it was the relationship, the mother's working more. Um, you want to have more children in this generation. I believe it's because the responsibility for children have changed so much. Okay, explain. Wanda just mentioned that she raised her younger siblings to a sense. You know, they listened to the older siblings. Now it's kind of to the point now. They, we, I think we talked about it before. The kids are not as responsible as they used to be. They don't have so many things that's bearing down on them. Not all children. Well, the majority of children do not. There's some children that are still out there that their parents are putting in the way. You have to be home at a certain time. You have to cook. You have certain chores and things. Children used to be part of the business of the family. Right. Children used to be looked at as a benefit because they're going to go and toil the fields. That's right. another work you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Children now are a cost. Okay, They're, right. they're not really that's bringing right. anything in. They're just something that's going to take out. Well, that, that that segues into our first topic, though, like parenting today. Yes. Like, do you feel like a lot of people feel, well, this is directed towards, I guess, a lot of people feel that, you know, you need to really discipline your child, whoop them every time they mess up, and, you know, just kind of like, I guess they would say old school discipline mm-hmm. to kids these days. But me personally, I don't think that really works as well. I think you have to identify the child itself and how they respond. Cause I know plenty of people who in jail who got a bunch of whoopers growing up, mm-hmm. you know. Ooh, so do y'all feel that. like the the new age parenting, I guess, as far as talking to them and not spanking them, is more effective, or do you feel like you need to keep it old school and still whoop these kids? That's one of my favorite subjects. Let me get it on that. I'm a, I'm <laughs> and, and, and quickly, are, and y'all are grand. Will y'all have children? Yes, I'm a, a mother and a grandmother, and I tell people that having a child is a wonderful thing, but mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I was made to be a grandmother. <laughs> I always want to adopt children too, so I told my daughter now, since y'all only want to have two kids, don't want to have any more, I was like, I'm going to start adopting grandkids. Oh, She's talking about mom, that's then. crazy. I'm going to adopt grandkids. We <laughs> we to adopt kids. But uh, what, some, what Brandon was saying is uh, when he was saying how we raise our younger siblings and things like that, and the responsibilities and roles of kids have changed. That's usually one of my favorite subjects, but it's useless with me and my siblings because we clash on a lot of that. We were raised in the same household with the same little old lady, mm-hmm. but they deviated from a lot of that. And I didn't realize a couple of years ago until my youngest uh, sister said it that I was still treating that girl like she was my child. My own mother used to tell her that. She's like, Wanda treated you like 
you were her child because when she was a teenager, we finally got a you know got grown and we I would get my income tax check, take it, buy her back to school clothes, supplies, new things for like a mother would do, and that sort of thing. Right, okay. And she mentioned a couple of years ago, she was like, "I'm grown. Y'all trying to tell me what to do and do this." And I didn't realize that. Okay, I guess we still treating this girl as grown, married with kids, like kids. And as G Jack was saying, who was the disciplinary in the home? And we were. Was it your? Great grandmother, or was it you? Did you ever? It was. To... It was all of us. It was my great grandmother, mm. and when my great grandmother was whatever errand she had to run, but she was gone, and we were left up me and my older sister in charge. If those boogers jumped out of line, oh, they got towed up. Right. They knew they got towed up. <laughs> but on to what Gary said. Um, like I said, we five were raised in the same household. I was the only one for years that ever still stayed in church and went to church and took to what my great grandmother did. My older sister and I always clashed because I always say. She raised her three girls like, you know, they're, she wants to be their best friends, want them to like her and stuff like that. And so she always said that them old people just had kids to have little slaves to make us go work out in the fields, go do this for them, go do that. And she didn't want to raise her children that way. She didn't even raise them to like respect older people. They would walk in and call you by your first name and things like that. They would talk to her any kind of way. I mean, they sometimes even get physical to where they want to leave. She's grabbing and stuff. And I always tell them, you know, child advocates or whatever can say this, but they know too. When I interview, I put my child. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tear that tail up. The word says to mm-hmm. spatter all this to spoil the child. So because my child knew I was going to do that, I didn't have to do it that much. But I do believe that a lot of people have gotten away from that. But I also agree with Gary saying we got to change with the times. I have a little nephew. We used to tear that joker up. He was so, so bad. The minute you would let him loose, he'd go back doing something else. So I had to find what worked with him. He loved to play and get out. Mm-hmm. So while everybody else was out playing, guess where you were sitting inside of you didn't necessarily be in the corner, but you were sitting inside because you messed up. And because of that, he stopped doing things. So we used mm-hmm. to just, everybody whooped him, but it did not work mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. So I had to Definitely. learn that, that that doesn't work with every child. But I believe in some form of discipline. Right. Not just letting kids run and do what they want to do. I like that. So yeah. I think it has to go as a teacher, as you know, we really can't touch the kids hmm. at all, especially parents. So I don't, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I know about it. I, I grew up through that way. But through my daughter, I know I, I only raised my boys one time for her when she was 14. And she turned out to be an excellent parent herself. Mm-hmm. And her parent, her daughter just finished A&M. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to look at and try to develop and find out what the interest is of that child, if you can. And then if they know that you really care about them, then that begins a relationship. Amen. And you once you develop the relationship, then you can get a lot more out of what you may consider a stubborn kid. Because, uh, as you many know, you already indicated, beating them just don't work today. Plus, you can get in a lot of trouble that way, too. Mm-hmm. Kids will come back and kill you. So, I mean, you know, it's just it's, it's serious. But, no, I would look at it uh, much deeper. Uh, can I mention this real quick? Larry, remember when we used to get... Uh, spanked and paddled in school. Yeah, uh-huh. this generation. Don't uh, I, I did that. I did too. I think it ended after mine. Yeah, it stopped. It stopped after that. Like yeah. last year. but we used to get it at at school. Yeah, you got it from the teacher. They sent you to the principal, and you got it. And of right. course, you went home mm-hmm. and you got it then too. But I these guess. kids now, I was like, what? I had a teacher in the first that. grade. She had a little stick. It was like a ruler. Yeah, but it was harder than like a regular ruler. And like every time you acted up, she hit your hand. Yeah. You had to come get them licks. Like we bad, used to, um, this is the first grade. Well, you Shout out to Hunter's Glen. Uh, we had that back in my day. <laughs> the, right. Yeah, so 
the principal was a woman and the assistant principal was a male mm -hmm. and he had i think three or four um what is it called? Those rulers or whatever, uh -huh. those yardsticks. Yard yeah. And he put some masking tape and you had to bend over the table <laughs> and you got your licks. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you didn't want those licks and then you couldn't go to recess. So I think he realized that maybe a combination of both mm -hmm. licks and taking away, you know, mm -hmm. something that everybody liked mm -hmm. was cool. So. I had that at, at Pete Elementary. I think Pete got shut down. Uh, uh, no, they rebuilt it. Oh, hey, amen. Yeah. Man. So I remember Pete. I only had two licks in my life. Mm -hmm. Okay, at school. Mm -hmm. All right, and but they gave us an option. Yeah, I think we said on the recent show. They was like either you get the licks or you sat out. And I was like, man, it's dodgeball day. I'm not mm -hmm. sitting out or nothing. Yeah, like, right. like, you go ahead and take those licks. Mm -hmm. But it was something that had a relationship with my family as well. That was the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. It's the relationship. Yeah. It wasn't it's like about a, a stranger that. was whooping right. me. No, my my yeah. they would contact my mother or my grandparents because mm -hmm. I was raised partially with my grandparents and my aunt and my mother. Mm -hmm. That and they were like, so what do you want us to do? Yeah. And they were like, mm -hmm. man, we busy. We ain't got time. Go ahead and tear them up. You there know, because yeah. that's, right. that's what it was going to get when I got home anyway. Mm -hmm. So it, communication is very important within the community. And I we've had educators on the show previously, mm -hmm. and a lot of educators do not want their responsibility no, or, anymore because yeah, I just said it's changed the yeah, parents changed. because that communication kids, is not there anymore. right they'll come Definitely. up there both of them she right that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well that that's a good uh segue to our next like topic that mm -hmm. um I wanted to write first to Uncle Larry is mm -hmm. help me understand from okay so basically y'all gave us y'all's ages so it looks like y'all span the generations of the 50s 60s and 70s of Correct. being raised and kind of um growing up at that time what uh, has been some of your biggest, I guess, generational differences that you see from your generation to being right now 2019? Well, definitely the change of values. Uh, mm. We did a lot of things because we uh, believed in it. And it, we believed in it and our parents instilled in it uh, and our relatives. Uh, I was raised by my uncles and aunts, probably 10 or 12 on each side, too. So there was a community involved. Mm -hmm. And so there was a culture. Today, I don't see that culture uh, as we saw it. And as a result, uh, we are in a generation where people feel we just do what we want to do. Hmm. And once you do what you want to do, there are consequences. I go out and rob a bank and shoot some people. I'm going to probably spend the rest of my life in prison. Hmm. That's going to hurt your, you and your family. So, But that has to be taught at a foundation level. Hmm. If it's not taught, there's a lot of consequences for not doing it. Ooh. And so you see a big change in the family dynamics or the, the, the uh, raising by your community or your, your village. Precisely, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, Miss Wanda, what do you think? I think that's absolutely perfect. I was mm -hmm. going to say the same thing. I think it's a different in values mm -hmm. and I always say the lack of respect for mm -hmm. ourselves uh, as people, the brown and the black people, we always identify more with because that's, that's us. But I think uh, mm -hmm. people as a general this generation it's a lack of values and respect for each other um like you said mm -hmm. it's the i do what i want to do because uh you know the heck with the consequences on it mm -hmm. and or either i just pay later or a lot of times i see it where 
if they do the bad things, they get more props and respect is what these kids are looking mm. for. I'm on social media yeah. porking my butt and I'm going to get how many followers. Or I'm on here with a gun, you know, brandishing it and stuff like that. And I'm going to get so many followers. So that's going to make me the big man on campus or the big girl and things like this. And that is the lack of values and respect that we don't have. We would never have done some of the things or even thought of it that a lot of this generation does. So at the age of 55 and soon to be 70, you see how social media has changed the new generation or the new culture um, values. We can't blame so social media. Because mm -hmm. okay. to me, mm -hmm. it was changing before then. Okay. I, I think it is an outlet now that has just elevated that just faster. Gotcha. But it was already headed that way and already was that way. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have all the social media uh, that these kids have now. I think it's just a way of getting them there a lot faster and quicker, and it validates them. Like I said, you know, you go out and you brandish a gun at 12, 13, 14 years on social media, people giving you props and man, this and that, or this girl is twerking at 12, 13 years old. Just wonder, you know what twerking is? Oh, like, baby, want me to show uh, No, ma'am. <laughs> we invented that. Mm -hmm. They just named it. Oh, okay. We've like, we been doing that. Yeah. Okay, but they just named it, and you know, this little white girl get out there talking up, up against a married man on TV. Mm. So now everybody like, that's who Miley Cyrus came up with. No, baby. We were doing ah. that before you and your mama was born. Mm. But they just named. So now it's like. So that's again, part like, of your culture. Yes. And like I said, people are brandishing that up like that. No. Mm -mm, no. So it's, I do believe exactly what Larry said. The values and respect is just and deteriorated. I was just, and I was talking about this young man um, recently. And I saw on. One of my hometown friends' um, Facebook page, you know, they brought up this young man by the name of Tay K. I don't know if y'all heard of him. He was a young rapper from California. He had a song called The Race. He's been in jail or prison or jail for the past few years on charges of a murder during a, a um a aggravated robbery and while he was on he's been look he was charged with some robbery he was 18 well he's like was 17 he's 19 now okay and he was on the run from the police he was wanted for a murder of another young man during a robbery this is like his third one that he, he was, was charged he was an associate with. Wow. He was a, i don't think he murdered him but i think he was an associate he was there he, was he, there, he yeah. set up the robbery and he hired, he brought in the guy that so-called did the murder mm -hmm. so either way he's part of it right but right. at the age of 17 18 right. 19 this is and this wasn't his first one either it's mm -hmm. several other ones that he was involved in as well mm -hmm. but he did a song the song went viral it's a nice little rap song it's a little catchy we may play it in a second but all in all being said he received 55 years in prison mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i've seen a lot of people defending him about this because oh that's too much time mm -hmm. and this is consecutive with other three other charges one is like 33 another one's like 13 years mm -hmm. uh, i apologize if, if i'm incorrect on the specifics but mm -hmm. it's three other charges i can say mm -hmm. that for sure mm -hmm. and i remember looking at the comments he was he was gone he would they try to get him life okay mm -hmm. and there's a young african-american rapper um male and I saw a post that just really made me say just wow mm -hmm. that people were talking about wow he really lost the race because that's his song but his race was talking about instead of beating the case he did the race man he did the whole time mm -hmm. he, uh, well I, I thought he did the race because he cut off his ankle bracelet and was on the run yeah that was and he stupid. recorded the yeah. song while he was on the run that's why mm -hmm. thank you he thank you the thank race. you well yeah. he's, he's gonna be in a different type of marathon right now yeah oh, wow. so <laughs> but the focus is, I saw you, um, not even a young man, this guy's older than me. I'm about to be 33. Mm -hmm. This guy could come in, well, he really still winning 
because mm-hmm. he only got 55 years. They were trying to give him life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I'm like, is that winning, getting 55 years at the age of 19? That is, 55 I think it it goes back to, like, what I was saying on a previous episode. We need a cultural change. I don't care if you black, white, Mm -hmm. rapper, whatever. If you murder somebody and you're a part of a murder, you need life Mm -hmm. or the death penalty. Like, period. You can't, they they can't get their family member back. That person Mm -hmm. doesn't have a fighting chance to come back and Mm -hmm. shoot you back or, you know, where it's like an eye for eye. Like, that's it. Yeah. They're done, so... Well, anytime you're involved with a murder or a murder somebody, you just, in my opinion, you just need to get life, life or a death penalty. That's it. It's just one one, one option. Wow. Um, as I'm reading this, because I have absolutely no idea who this, um, what was his name? Tay K. Was and you know they basically are saying that he never fired the shot, that he was found guilty uh, as well as. Three, for three counts of aggravated robbery because mm-hmm. his part of the deal was to set up and find a drug deal and steal their drugs. Right, mm-hmm. right, and yeah. then it turned bad mm-hmm. and basically someone ended up dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he got 55 years of life. Now... At- who I am is I just want to see how that equivalates to all generations, all cultures in the same predicament and making sure that he got something that was equal or consistent with what the um, judicial judicial system has given out to anybody of this age. So I am just reading about this right now and I really kind of want to do some research and just make sure that what he was given was equivalent to others because I feel like sometimes that the judicial system will, will give you more time based off of your financial contributions Say to them um, mm-hmm. so that how much you can pay for a lawyer Say and it. I think that it needs to be consistent so do I believe 55 years is enough or not enough I don't know I want to go do some research on this and feel like that maybe every Anglo American every mm-hmm. African American every Indian American Asian American Mexican American Muslim American whomever was given the same amount of time for the same amount uh, for the same actions let's hear from my guests how do y'all yeah. feel well, as you may know right now, that uh, as currently there is a uh, proposal that may pass that will allow at least I think fifteen hundred uh, to two thousand prisoners out uh, for sentences for different things, old age and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, our criminal justice system, just to say it very bluntly, is uh, flawed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get mm-hmm. the higher sentences for uh, the same crime. Right. That's just a mm-hmm. fact that's been mm-hmm. proven. So that hopefully will change because uh, uh, I was uh, uh, at the prison system just so two months ago. We visited a person three times. He'd been in there 30 years mm-hmm. for different things. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be in there, but that's uh, beside the point. No, right. he's, he's, his life and his family has mm-hmm. been destroyed. So I believe there should be some uh, change on that system, yeah. and I hope it comes soon. Okay, Miss Wanda? I'm going to take it uh, real personal on that because I believe mm-hmm. uh, that to uh, everybody what they said, um, young black Folks, brown, even some whites, a lot of us, like Larry said, we get the fuzzy end of the lollipop when it comes to the judicial system, and it's on us, we know that. But also, I I take it back, and again, I have this big argument with family and friends all the time, is to the upbringing and raising of kids, and it was like, well, you know, you got kids from well-meaning families and things like that, and they still get up. I just had a brother get out after spending 23 20 some years he is the product of my dad and my stepmom my mm-hmm. dad had five she had three then they had the one together a girlfriend of mine her brother did a for murder my brother 
Her um, brother did the same thing, like a 23, 24-year stretch for, like, murder. All these kids, when they were, like, teenagers, 18, 19 years old, just got um, just got out. I have a friend whose son um, did a um, robbing, shot a police officer in the face. He survived, mm. but he was, like, 18 or 19 years old. He's doing, um, I want to say, a 50-year stretch. They want to give him 80 or 90 years, that sort of thing. And I look back at all of these young men, and what stuff was common in there to me is the family networks and what I said about values and things like that. They they were they were tried to raise right, but not really. I noticed that was common in there. But with my brother and my girlfriend's brother, they got out, mm -hmm. and in there they learned what they should have learned. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. you know, even if uh, say I was um, you know whatever circumstances happened to lead to this other person's death, then I owned up to what I did, got back out. My little brother got out trying to do a job. He's working with uh, some other former inmates. They've got a production company that just made two movies. They're working on the third one that he's producing and things like that, wow. keeping jobs. My girlfriend's brother got straight out, uh, started giving back to the inmates. He, he and his mother do a ministry with other inmates. Mm. Uh, he got a job doing <clears throat> his thing, doing that sort of thing and stuff like that. One of the funerals I just went to mm -hmm. that I said was an uncle of mine, mm. my mother's baby brother. Always in and out of jail. Mm. I remember meeting him once when I was like 15 when I met all of them. Mm. And he got married, had kids, did that sort of thing, but went back to prison. He died oh. in prison. The mm. state buried him. Yeah. Yeah. And he went there. And then the, the cousin who we buried that Monday, it was I looked at it philosophically that just two lives. She was AKA woman of distinction, graduate from Prairie View, first in her generation to graduate college and all that. And all these different lives and mm. how people lived it. And we do see that black men incarcerated like that, but still a lot of that you got to own up to. Off the um, off air, we talked about it. Uncle Larry had a great suggestion of a plan, and mm. I really want to call this out. And I want to put this on air. Mm. If you can tell us about your, mm. I don't want to give the name away. You tell me about your plan, Uncle Larry. Well, obviously, I was talking about if you catch a kid, a person at a young age, you can actually mold them and train. Talking about one to three, they say you learn so much in mm -hmm. yes. that shorty, you're just a sponge. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the story I told was about a, a, a person uh, that I uh, was staying with, and uh, we were showing her how to do something as simple as take out the trash mm -hmm. from the kitchen to the garbage can in the back, and the next day, you got to get early up and take it out to the street. Three steps mm -hmm. that she didn't know. And many people grow up like that, mm -hmm. not yeah. knowing. And it can cost you later on in life. Mm. Respect. But the plan, if I could afford to, I would take that kid to South Africa somewhere, or Kenya, to learn about who they are. Mm -hmm. I believe most of people don't know who they are and they don't mm -hmm. know what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. Once you know that, you can attain much more, and then knowledge is very helpful. That's why I got the law degree. I know the law. Mm -hmm. I know about the evidence. Mm -hmm. When you singing a song or talking to something, that's evidence in front mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. can be persecuted with. Yes. You go to Dubai and places like that outside the United States and where we have one rapper that's mm -hmm. locked up right now oh, in Sweden. Sweden. Mm -hmm. They say, hey, mm -hmm. the law is top here. Yeah. We don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. going to stay here and go to trial. Yeah. 
So first thing your lawyer tell you here in Houston say keep your what? Keep mouth your mouth shut. shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and you have the capital. right to do yeah, that. You and, have a right to. And that rapper's ASAP Rocky, I believe, yeah. what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I absolutely agree. And everything you just said is why we love doing this show here at Everything mm-hmm. Culture. And that's why we do the makings of you. Mm-hmm. Because your childhood is so important to which, who you are now to this day. You wouldn't even believe it. Mm-hmm. And with me um, being the profession that I've been, I'm in and what I went to school for with child development, mm-hmm. it's like it starts even in the womb. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it, like when kids, you argue, you pregnant, you argue with a woman and she's out in the club, she's screaming, got the loud noise, and your child is out here screaming and yelling, acting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a behavior they learn because, it, and that's a whole different. But it can't be changed, so don't give up on the kid. N- never give up on the child. Like right. And and when we talk about making it personal, like you never get up on the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, G Jack, you know my brother, one of my brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say shout out to G Jack's mother, one of the greatest women I know in my life. And she always used to like pray for my little brother. My little brother been cutting up. Uh, Larry know my little brother as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. he's been the same way ever since I can remember my life. Mm-hmm. And he's just never obeyed by the rules. He's been just very disruptive and disobedient, smart. Very intelligent. That's they something I can't are. say. I have yeah. all my siblings are intelligent, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. what they do with their life, what they do in life. But they, I can't call any of my siblings stupid or dumb. Mm-hmm. But this particular one, um, and me and the rest of my siblings feel the same way. It's like he um, can't get right. Yeah, if you anyone's mm-hmm. in the movie, like mm-hmm. he's literally can't yeah. get right. Mm-hmm. And it's just now I just found out that he may go on a little trip on his own. You know, he, he's going to be gone for a little bit. He's going to mm-hmm. be incarcerated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is something I I hate that is happening. I absolutely mm-hmm. do hate it. But I believe and I would never say this to anyone I don't know, mm-hmm. but I don't know anywhere better for him right now. Like, mm-hmm. cause I'm scared every day. He's, like mm-hmm. I've, I've already dealt in my heart, in my mm-hmm. life that he's gonna die. I'm, I'm waiting to get that phone call. He's mm-hmm. gonna be killed in the street yeah, by, by crossing somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's serious. I think one thing I wanna point out that uh, Uncle Larry brought up earlier, which I think is key that we need to kind of highlight, mm-hmm. is that you said the main thing is we need to have a, a connection with the kid. You mm-hmm. need to understand, exactly. have a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really where it starts. Do you have a relationship and the yeah. kids trust you? you know mm-hmm. like they feel that bond like if you whoop them or whatever they know it's it's out of love you know like yeah. you care mm-hmm. or if you have to just talk to them and discipline them in another way mm-hmm. i think if you don't have a relationship if you just kind of i guess on simu- in a simulation like just going through life every day and just doing the same routine and not really communicating and yeah. connecting with your kids mm-hmm. then i think that's kind of where they they go astray and start listening to their friends and and start assuming you know what, right. what life is supposed to be and exactly. you you not really had that connection you can talk to them and and they can understand what's going on. And I think another tradition that we've kind of gotten away from too is like the family dinner. Like everybody cutting the TV off and the phones and stuff like that and just sit there. My wife like really pushes that though. Like we do do it once a once a week, you know. No, Sometimes. not once a week. Like I make our family sit around the table and, and eat dinner together. Dinner, yes. And like now, my three-year-old, every time we sit down, her first thing is, "How was your day, mommy? Yeah, how yeah, was we your do day, the same dad?" Thing. And, yeah. and she asks that probably like five times in a row. But it's kind of a point where everybody just comes together right. and say, "How yeah. was your day? How are you?" Yeah, we don't exactly. do that. 
I mean, I my sister-in-law, she moved about four years ago to college. <laughs> and my mother-in-law made a, like, a joke, and I really thought it was sad that when she cleaned up my sister-in-law's room, how many plates and dishes she found. Because that's where she was eating dinner. Yeah. Like, yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh, I thought I had lost all these dishes. They were just upstairs. Yeah. And I was like, why aren't y'all doing that? I think we mm -hmm. have kind of got away from it a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I had to cut in on that. No, but. I, I absolutely agree with all this. Thing. I agree yeah. with all of that, and too. That's something that even as a single mother uh, with me and my daughter, um, that was something that we, um, you know, did things like that. Like Larry said, you've got to reach these kids and help them mm -hmm. at a younger age. So I, that's what I felt with her. If I instilled in that, in mm -hmm. her certain values and then live the type of life that she could see. Now that she's married with two children, her and her husband, mm -hmm. that's a common thing. I have a godson who I was saying when we were off air, how his family dynamics is just so, so crazy. Mm -hmm. And for the first time I took him up there to Palestine last weekend, he hadn't seen Danielle since he was smaller, I think maybe before she had her children. <laughs> and it was just kind of odd to him some of the stuff that we did. Like, you know, we all just, without even thinking, mm -hmm. when they say it's time to eat, we all just gravitate to the table where we would sit and even the little baby that's only two and everybody's sitting and eating together and with him, because like you said, with his family, it's just like kind of grab here, go there, do whatever and they don't do that. But because of that, he's got uncles, cousins, all of them that have been incarcerated, been in trouble. Mm -hmm. The girls are all had babies at young age doing that. that's kind of lifestyle. And so I always talk to him and tell him I'm trying to get him out of it. You don't have to be that. You right. know, look, it ain't wanted. You don't know where I come from, but if I told you, I know you wouldn't believe it. They just think, you know, you got a good job, you got money. Every time I see them, I need five dollars. I need a dollar. Mm -hmm. That ain't why I'm here. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And so I think they see that. And then something else I want to uh, home in on when I was telling you about all the young men I know they incarcerated. Mm -hmm. My friend's son who got the fifty years, mm -hmm. and we were talking to him after all that happened and visited with him and all found that things like that. He would make sure he told his dad, mm -hmm. "Well, dad, you were a single father. You raised us right. It's nothing on you." He showed him everything. But I think he was still trying to be, he's a real, I mean, intelligent kid. Mm -hmm. And that was embarrassing to him. Mm -hmm. He was purposely flunking in school and not doing things well, yeah. just so he could fit in with the kids and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. And then something he told me, and I had to clap back at him before I even thought about it, you know, using the term the kids use. And he was like, yeah, Miss Wanda, you know, I just kind of got in with the bad crowd. I said, baby, mm -hmm. you didn't get in with the bad crowd. You are the bad mm -hmm. crowd. Y'all need to stop blaming it on the people around you because you could have been accountable for yourself. You've got a father, grandparents that own business. You got other people around you that helped you and mentored to you. You were super smart. You mm -hmm. could have made the decision to not do that, but you chose to, you know, run down there trying to, you know, be on TV and get all these different things running on a chase with cops. It was on TV. Oh, you wow. know, shooting a cop mm -hmm. and everything like this. So mm -hmm. you want to be a little he, badass. He oh, mm -hmm. shot the cop in the face. Mm -hmm. oh. And he you, got 50 years? That's he it? almost got killed. Yeah. But, but they, he only got 50 years. He only got so he, 50. Uh, that's what I was But saying. he was trying. Because the cop didn't die probably. Well, and, didn't die. But, he's African American. Yes, but this is what happened. You ain't got a swing at a cop. Wait a minute. They owned a restaurant and everybody knows them in the neighborhoods and neighbors' home. And he got the call from a cop. His, his father said, man, you won't believe who we got down here. We got Chris. He's like, what was going on? He told him the whole story, what was going on. He said, they, he said, man, they about to get your boy. He was gone. He was dead. They were killing him. Mm -hmm. He said, and Chris yelled out, man, y'all know me. Y'all know William Smokehouse. Y'all know me. Y'all know dad. And he said, I had to pull my boys up off of them. Looked. He said, man, that mm -hmm. was Chris. He said, I had to snatch him and put him in my car. He said, and I called you. Mm -hmm. He said, what is this boy out here doing? Is this ain't even how he was raised. Right. Mm -hmm. And know. that saved his life. And he didn't get the, he's still in jail so, acting stupid. But because of that. It was an officer that knew his father. I, 
most of the a lot of officers there knew them. They come yeah, into the restaurant. Family. They knew the family. But the, they knew the family. They and knew the family. Too, right. But at and the same time, they family too. And he shot another that's police right. officer Thank in the face. You were happy he's still above still ground. Above ground. He was gone. I'm agreeing with you about that. But the thing his saving grace was his his community, his family, what they've done. Right. And yes. And man. And wow. I'm with the, I'm running with the wrong crowd. No, the wrong crowd you ain't got you out crowd. doing that. Right, you right, are right. the wrong crowd. Wow. Stop blaming anybody else. Take accountability for yourself. It wasn't your dad. And it's both sides of that so much. And I look when we even when I'm talking about with the food, the traditions and at the table, mm-hmm. even now it's like your community and your family, what they do in the community. Yeah. I don't know. With me, I, I gotta speak my truth is prayer. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. I guarantee somebody didn't pray for that young man Ooh. before, and they yeah. got him out of that situation. Yes. And I pray for him. Like one thing, even when we go out, still to eat, praying for my him. wife and I. We're big on praying for over our food before we put it in yes. our mouth. Yes. Now we may have it in our take that, but we may have it in our mouth and like, oh, well, hold it, we're quick. That's like, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But that's a tradition that, like, I think I want to instill not only in my like my children. I don't mm-hmm. have kids yet, mm-hmm. but into any other child I'm around when I bring my little cousins down, we pray over. Just our food all about the relationship. Yeah. That, that's another. Yeah. Point that Uncle Larry had brought up too. Mm-hmm. But right. like when you say about the relationship, is that I, I know y'all hate hearing me saying it, but I'm gonna say it to the day I die. Mm-hmm. There's respect, communication, and consistency. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and that because, and keep saying it. Yeah. Get a yeah. T-shirt yeah. made. Because I, it, it shall be on a T-shirt. You already know. Because it's true. Y'all already know. Y'all don't steal that. Hey. But um, <laughs> but the thing about what I was gonna get on is when I have my little cousins now. They see the type of life my wife and I have we've made. Yes. I give them respect. Mm-hmm. I communicate what's going on here, and I, I I set boundaries with them, and I let them know from the front door that's how it works. And mm-hmm. I love them. I mm-hmm. tell them I love them no matter what. You may not like everything I do, but I love them. And right. but they know with Uncle Brandon. If I say, "Hey, do this," mm-hmm. they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I see how they talk to their. Sometimes they talk to their parents, and and they know. Absolutely, don't work down here at 13, 14, 15. Okay, (laughs) so but it's just the way we communicate, so it's really important for these kids to know that. Hey, Uncle Larry, Mm -hmm. can you hit me up with your plan? I want to hear your whole full plan, starting with the P's. Prayer is one of them, yes, Lord. Pair planning, you do have to have real planning. Mm -hmm. We can uh, alter the curriculum, Mm -hmm. but it has to be solid on a rock. With mm-hmm. foundation of the Word of God, mm-hmm. Amen. I know the legal system, jurisprudence from Europe. That's man-made law. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about God law, right. and that's the only thing I've seen in my life, a short seventy years, that can change a person. Yes, mm-hmm. Lord. Case in point: just uh, last <coughs> month, there's a, a criminal teaching at Georgetown now. Mm. He's teaching law, a, a known confessed criminal, bank robber, bad guy. But he knew so much. My dad once told him that you can't take away knowledge. Mm-mm. They knew he was smart, and he got a second chance. Yes. And as a result, he is a professor at Georgetown University mm. now teaching law. Mm. How did he know so much? He was there. He can tell you what mm. he did. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a dumb guy. He just got down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. We need to give people hope. And I wouldn't say nobody's a throwaway person. Mm-hmm. I think everybody deserves a chance, and through prayer, that can possibly happen. So that's part of my plan. But you need to, if you can't go to these places I've been to, Egypt, Dubai, South Africa, with these churches, get on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's helpful, and if you can get that mindset and give that kid a program, a choice, where they can find their interest, then mm-hmm. it's possible. 
that they can be rehooked up with society and be a greater value than what we have. So our curriculum, as we're using right now in education, right. don't work for everybody. Right. Don't mean they ain't dumb. Yeah. You just ain't reaching them. Right. So I do like some of the rich people do. If I could afford to, I would send my kid out traveling abroad before I send them to college because mm. yeah. you get so lost in all that commission and mm -hmm. you get a $200,000 bill. Yeah. Is that so it's better. Right. Because you, you was on two. Step yeah. three is study, I see. Right. I'm looking on your paper now. Study, yeah. <laughs> Wrote it down. And yeah. San Jack is implementing now. Mm. We take kids right to the, what, all field now where they start at sixty and $70,000 coming out of high school mm. with their dual program. Yeah. They make more money than people with the four-year degree. That's part of my plan. Mm. Yeah, and man. it's in action right now, San Jack Central. Mm -hmm. And they just got three, four million dollars over there. So if I was somebody, I'd go over there and knock on their door. Mm, and right. see if I can get in as a fireman or something. You don't. Four year degrees are good. I got four degrees. They fine, but sometimes I can't buy a cup of coffee. Huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Huh. Huh. So I got people, hey, but just finishing high school, making a whole bunch of money, mm -hmm. air conditioning, things like that. Find out what you're interested in and go for that. That's part of my plan. That's a San Jack. Amen. They got a program like yeah, that? Yeah, they got a plan and, right, right now. Have a two-year plan. And, and mm -hmm. Do you mind if I read off your plan? I'm yes, just looking at it. It's it mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. purpose in life, yeah. foundation. Mm -hmm. Two, God in your life. Correct. Three, study. Mm -hmm. And four, I'm assuming it's travel. Travel, yeah. It opens. See, that's so much more travel. <laughs> I can only teach you so much in a classroom. Yeah. But when I walked in the pyramids two weeks ago and looked at that foundation there that was built, what, a thousand some mm. years ago? It's still strong. And looked at that Abagavi, uh, those so high buildings. Up there, the high, they built on the same structure as a pyramid mm. where they uh, can stand and they came right there from each but other. That is a pyramid. Yeah, that is a pyramid. Uh, that, that's the same mm -hmm. thing. Just call it, don't get me talking about my masonry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my plan. Yeah. All right, so we'll get into our last final topic. Um, you were born in 1949 and 1964. So we've had a conversation in the past in regards to segregation. And I want to get you guys' take on the fact if you believe segregation was great for our culture or was it not. So we'll start with you, Ms. Wanda. I don't think segregation was great then, and I don't think it would be, you know, we never, we ever needs to go back to that. I okay. don't believe in it uh, at all. I guess because of those of us that grew up into that segregation uh, period, mm -hmm. it meant something different, just like apartheid. It wasn't separate, but equal mm -hmm. type. It wasn't any of that. Always it was mm -hmm. superiority. I'm better than you. You're less than a person than we are. Mm -hmm. It was all negative. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I know we talked off air about how uh, maybe some cultures need to segregate so they can build within their own wealth and things like that. And we see that in present day. But I still don't see that as segregation. It may be selective segregation, but I see it as a communities. Like we, we always say, the Asians are really good at that. They and even some of the Hispanic families. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. notice it now with the Muslim families coming and the Nigerians and things like that. Yeah. They will come over here, live together as a group. They will build. You know, they'll help each other go to college, and when they get out, they build mm -hmm. businesses. They will employ each other, help each other. Yes. Then the next generation comes up. They'll be the one to go to school, yeah. get out. Out and do all that and they spend and they choose what they're going to do i know it's a lot of nigerians do the medical fields yeah. now mm -hmm. and get up in, and they help each other out we as the black people that have always been over here we can go to school 
a lot of us with, with even uh, grants and things like that, we don't even have to pay the international fees and things like that, but we choose not to do that. They mm. come over here. Yeah, they'll go in debt with these loans and different things like that, but they will still come over here, get the education that's afforded the rest of us, build up all of this in their business, and then we want to run and begrudge these people coming into our community with liquor stores, wig shops, nail shops, mm. and all this and that. But they came over here and did a business and a plan. We are right here. Get from yes. under the yum yum tree. And sacrifice. Put down the 40 ounce. Sacrifice. We can. Some of us can live together. Yeah. Take in a young person that needs to go to college and help them out and do that. But we don't do that. But then we want to begrudge other people to do that. And I don't think that's segregation. People <coughs> chose to set up as a community and probably live like they live in their country. Helping each other out, right. which is what yeah. we don't do. So in community. Our own country, community. Let me, before we go to um, Uncle Larry, let me ask mm -hmm. you this, Miss Wanda. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, just, and it's just uh, my opinion, do you feel like in the African American community, we're still like waiting on something where I think the other communities, they actually just moved on it out of necessity? I definitely think so. I absolutely positively do. Um, like I said, I mentor a lot of people with, without even thinking about it and try to. I learned early on what my gift was. I was born to help and to serve God mm -hmm. and other people. And when you really realize what your purpose is, life does get easier. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. going to be rough, but it gets easier. So it's not a problem for me to give out and do this sometimes to my detriment, get taken advantage of, but I can't help but doing that. Yeah. So yeah, I do feel that way, that we're just waiting on something, somebody to give us something to do that, or we think it's too hard, or even worse, a lot of us think that's not our value, that's not yeah. our worth. I'm not smart enough to go to Rice. Right. I'm not mm. smart enough to start that business, mm. or I can't get out and I do that. I think a lot of us are like that. They say slavery ended so long ago, but still, still some of that mentality still is yeah. still yeah. with us. You yeah. got to understand 400 years or something. Yeah. It may take 4,000 years to get all of that out of us till we are elevated where we were as kings and queens with knowledge, with resources, children mm. of God. It may take us that to get back to that. I really think that. Because oh, I've told people that. You know, I had to do my daughter like that when she was young. She was shy coming up like I was, and people always don't believe that. But I was a shy child. Nobody ever got me out of it. But when I saw her being like that, I said, oh, no. People like that get taken advantage of it. Yeah. So I brought her up out of that. I took her on life lessons. We went to AIDS clinic. We went to homeless shelters. We went to prisons and jails to show her this is not what you want to do. Yeah. You right. can do better. And kept her in church. Yeah. Exposed. Good point. Exposed her. And she learned that. All right. So now see you, Uncle Larry. So what do you feel about segregation? Is good, bad? Are we... Well, actually, obviously, it has its advantages and disadvantages. Uh, when I was in school, it was surrogated. I did not realize I had some of the best teachers hmm. uh, at that time. So that was a benefit for me. But I needed to be exposed to all the possibilities in the world. Yeah. So I was able to go to Rice University and get certified in STEM. I was able to go to UH and teach over there and ITT Tech and San Jack and Houston Community College and go all over the world so that expanded my knowledge. If I was only in a surrogated area, as I know, one friend of mine never left Studywood until this mm. day at 70, as I was right, mm. that's all he knows in mm. those few blocks. Mm. So what I'm saying is, it's to your advantage if you choose to go that way. So mm. I like to keep that pathway open. Mm. And it's all based on your proverbs. Right. And that go back to the beginning of time, past where you and I, where our forefathers were born in what? Egypt, mm. which is supposed to be the origin of civilization. And just recently there, I saw the proof that it's hard to cover up when they mm. knock the nose off of things. It's still mm. a big, wide nose. Right. Just like Amen. me. So the facts 
You cannot change truth and lie. But many times it's not in the book. Yeah. And that's why I say you have to go where you can, can see, see it, it for yourself. And, and I think, thank y'all so much for sharing. This is mm. such an enlightening episode and experience to have. And when you say, well, segregate, like, I'm telling you, the reason I do this show is to destroy segregation. Mm-hmm. Like I say that mm-hmm. at the end of each episode from Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. It's because you can have the opportunity and choice to stick within your community. Yeah. But the you force us to not to know each other. Mm-hmm. That's how hate is built. Yeah. And that's the best way to see it. And that's why confusion come around. That's why mm-hmm. we're here to really communicate with one another these things. And I, but I do I see with slavery, I'm glad you mentioned slavery, Wanda, and I'm glad you mentioned the history, mm-hmm. Uncle Larry, well, mm-hmm. Miss Wanda and the history, Uncle Larry, mm-hmm. is because we are still getting to know one another. And I, it was mentioned earlier, I wanted to bring up that, you know, know yourself. And that's why we do the makers of you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know themselves. And all of them don't know who. I make sure my nephews and cousins come around. You know your mother, your mm-hmm. father, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. Mm-hmm. Know your lineage. Mm-hmm. But because we're taught so many different things yeah. about other people's background and yeah. quote-unquote history that we're finding out now when I was in college, a lot of these things were not true. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, we just need to have some pride about ourselves. Like, you know, just have some pride about yourself. And we, me and my wife talked about this uh, yesterday, ironically. I was like, I hate when people say, I'm getting ready to go to college or I'm getting ready to do this. Like, what is like getting ready? Like, either you're doing it or you're not. You have to, right, I do. You know? We fixing, yeah, making like, groceries. Making groceries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm making groceries. But it's one of those things I think you have to prepare for it because nobody else is kind of preparing us for it. You know, once again, I'm the first generation graduate, but it, it goes back to that slave mentality. Yeah. Slavery was 400 years ago, but when did segregation end? Mm-hmm. That's part of the, the pl- that was part of the plan. Yeah. The things we're having still to this day is affected from slavery. Mm-hmm. We were and we talked about segregation. Uh, we talked about reparations on a different episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, we, we, we were never put in a position of equity. Mm-hmm. We, we were right. not even put in a position of equality. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of this wealth is inherited it was, from some of these other people. You, mm-hmm. Exactly. You mentioned before it's civil rights. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't ask if, like we never really asked for equal rights. We asked for civil rights. And if mm-hmm. you even saw the last protests or the last like major movement of equal rights that was by the homosexual community where they said I want to be seen as equal mm-hmm. I, and we literally in the 1960s 1970s asked for civil rights please stop spitting on us please let us sit at mm-hmm. your counter and eat your food please mm-hmm. let us go to your schools and give us proper education and mm-hmm. treat us like civil human beings and so because that's how we were at what we asked for we somewhat got it but we never really got equal rights mm-hmm. and that's why I post- posted one time about the House bill that is actually in the uh, judicial system, the legislative, I forgot what the House bill was, um, that Sheila Jackson Lee is actually pushing. And it's for the conversation to be started about reparations and not reparations from a monetary standpoint, but reparations for making sure that the system treats all African Americans as equal citizens of the United States. And at least understanding how we have been, like there's a disparity study that that they need to do to show how we have been like despair like there's a difference Mm -hmm. and everybody knows the difference but what does that mean and how do we change it is the conversation that does need to be had and if you pay attention you'll see it but i'm not asking for civil rights i'm not asking for equal rights i'm asking for equity Mm -hmm. i want you to pay for (laughs) equity yeah i want you to give us that 
that ju- that push because you've yeah. had the head start. Yes, we right. haven't had like we give us our push so we can get up where everyone else is. And I believe everything we've just said about um, segregation and things and why we don't make it because we never had the true opportunity to have a fair like fair advantage. Exactly, fair. successful. There's, I mean, there's so many different lawsuits that have been pushed, even from the financial institutions that gave us a higher interest rate that on mortgages, yes. on, on just like yes. anything, like auto loans. I think yes. Wells Fargo was one of the uh, perpetuators of mm-hmm. this issue mm-hmm. where yeah. they gave us higher interest loans just because we were African-Americans. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. so they're sitting there saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. However, they've systematically set up they ways of, <laughs> of putting us behind. Mm-hmm. When they sit there and say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, however, our educational systems where the, the resources that we were given to our schools are different than the resources they give to yeah. their schools. But do, do y'all think that that's changed like in 2019? Do you think it's just African-Americans or just poor people? No, I think it's I think it's poor people. Period. Because well, who I represent the, the, who represent we represent the, the well us and the Hispanic and the. But I think that some it, it's called House Bill Forty. Shout out to Thank Sheila you. Jackson Lee and House Bill Forty that she uh, put forth in the legislative mm-hmm. committee. Um, so, but I do think that there is some sense of. Uh, I don't know, tradition or maybe our culture that needs to be passed down because a lot of us don't care or mm-hmm. we don't care until it affects us. Absolutely. Exactly. That is and it. then we also <laughs> talked about this on the other episode about voting and about having mm. a seat at the table. Mm. And I know that, you know, recently at the BET Awards that, um, who was it? It was... Um, Light-skinned guy. No, it was, was Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry came mm. up there and says he made his own table. So when are we going to make our own tables? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that I think segregation forced us to do. It was make our own table because they wouldn't let us sit it there. So it's kind of and, like with the Asian people and the other mm-hmm. uh, ethnicities. I mean, they did it out of necessity. You know, right. like they had to do it. They, nobody we was giving them. We did too at the no, beginning. That's the beginning, yeah. But now it's like, all right, mm-hmm. now we're just waiting on these rights and waiting on people to give mm-hmm. us something. It's like let's mm-hmm. take action. We, we right. still have the Let's opportunity do to do it. Mm-hmm. We 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 just talked about earlier in this episode. We went to a podcast live showing. And we met up with some other podcasts. This is a community that we're building with one another right here. Yeah. And it's, it can be done. It, we have to take, be responsible for it as well. But it's also been, I would say, brainwashed for us to not to be together. Mm-hmm. For uh, that crab in a bucket mentality. Yes, I yes, love that's I, it. I use that crab in a bucket mentality. It's still it's, so it happens. True. But why are we in the bucket in the first place? Yeah. I like to add, though, mm-hmm. um, C-O-M-P, Coordinating Objective to solve major problems. Hmm. That's what we came up with Haiti years ago. That's the, my company name, COMP, Comp Enterprises. I did not wait for everybody else to come up with the idea. God can give you a plan. Mm-hmm. And we wrote that business plan out into entrepreneurship, and you can do the same thing. And I think it's good for legislation and everybody to go forward, but you see the wheels turn slowly. Mm-hmm. There are people out there now, if we study their history, and you, you, miss, uh, you mentioned some of the uh, stars, and who is coming to spirit now? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in, uh, what? Uh, the singer, Beyonce. Okay, oh, yeah. yep. I believe it's in the spirit. Mm-hmm. I can see kids and people walking around. Do you know they have different spirits? Mm-hmm. If you, along, you can yes, tell, yes. and it has nothing to do with your color of your skin right. or mm-hmm. your money in your back pocket. Yeah. So keep hope alive. Yeah. Right. That's my mm-hmm. point. All right, well, we appreciate y'all's input on today's show. <laughs> Everybody give it up for our guests. Uh, Honeybee, I know you had a question earlier. You wanted to ask in 30 seconds. Oh, I just, uh, you know, give us your last words of advice, your wisdom, um, 
and something that can span all cultures, all communities. Uh, we'll start with Ms. Wanda. And if you could just give us like a 30 second, you know, really short kind of brief summary of what you think will get us to the next step. And people think it's, it's old fogey. I tell people, uh, tell me that all the time, but it still goes back to, and I'm like, Brandon, I'm gonna say this to the day I die. You put God first in everything that you do. I know it sounds like us old people, but I was young saying it and trying to do it. Put him first in everything you do. You pray over everything. Mm -hmm. You put him first in your life. You raise your children to do the same thing. And then you get out and God doesn't want us to be passive. He wants us to be out there pushing and doing things and he's given us the wisdom to do so. And I think when we get back to, because black people, we were good when we did that. When we put God first, we all came mm. together like that. The church was the center of everything in our community. If yeah. we get back to that, we're going to be all right. All right. Well, mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Now we're going to move to Uncle Larry. Well, obviously, I believe that, again, you can go forward with what you have to what we call innovation, which means you have a gift. And knowing your gifts, maybe someone have to discover you, like Oprah Winfrey. Mm. On a radio show back at 16, not looking like a movie star, but mm -hmm. it's one of the wealthiest persons in the world. Don't let people tell you can't do something, because mm -hmm. you may be that clue, that person that we need in a certain position, even if the odds are against you. Have faith and confidence in yourself. That's my word. All right. Well, um, we normally ask, I guess, if y'all have any shout outs, anybody you want to shout out, social media shout out, anything like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, since I'm a granny, uh, my daughter and her husband always get jealous because the grandchildren are the center of my life. But I told them, without y'all, I wouldn't have them, and I want some more. So I'm always <laughs> giving a shout out to uh, my grandson is uh, Darius Taylor Strange, and his little bad sister is uh, Jordan Renee Marie Strange, named after me and her grandmother. And uh, my daughter and her husband, uh, Danielle and Jonathan Strange, Pastor Strange, they call him. Amen. Shout out all to my all my brothers and sisters, Herman, Matt, Catherine, Doris, Luke, Jeffrey, Gary, and Chavez High School, Texas Southern University, right. Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church, right. Brentwood Technology. Thank you, Larry Pickens. All right. Thank you. All right, Mr. D713, you want to wrap it up? And as always, you know, thank y'all, I guess. Thank you so much, Honey Bee, as well as G Jack. But as the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, that men hate each other because they fear each other, and they fear each other because they don't know each other, and they don't know each other because of segregation and miscommunication. Here on Everything Culture is to bring everyone together so we can communicate, so we can start to love each other and try to put some of these misconceptions behind it. So thank you, everybody. Once again, and God bless.